What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's business. Dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. Hey, so I had people recommend movies for us to review, and I wanted to do some newer stuff, some new releases, because it's so easy to just fall behind in, with new horror movies. There's still so many I haven't seen from this year alone. Yeah. And... I, I forgot that this was going to be the episode that takes us to our holiday break. <laughs> so I picked Possessor, not realizing that, but that, it just feels right. Yeah, it's fine. 2020 was a weird year. Yeah. This is a weird movie. So we're going to have Possessor play us out for 2020. Um, Yeah, I went in knowing nothing about this other yep. than the fact that it's written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son. And I just knew people online said I would dig it. And you're correct. I really enjoyed this. I really like the fact that I have a podcast where people listen to me talk about movies every week and have a very, by now, very good idea of what I like. And so when people pretty overwhelmingly recommend this, like a lot of you wanted us to watch this, I had a good feeling. And yeah, you you all know me so well now. And <laughs> I am really touched that a movie that's this fucked up is one that you're all like, this is one Chelsea would like. Oh yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a great, unique movie mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. It's it's one of the it's one of these hard sci-fi movies. As far as uh, genre goes, it feels kind of Annihilation, in that it's like this cold hard sci-fi that's kind of a horror. I mean, this one. It's so gory. This is one of the goriest movies I've ever seen. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's up there. It's up there. I still think maybe Terrifier. Just Terrifier's that's ex- the extremely whole gory. Raison yeah. d'etre or whatever of that movie existing. Yeah. But this one is like, because we were watching it and we were like, oh, we, we have some friends that maybe we could show this to. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, we have some friends who we showed Annihilation to, and they loved it. I mean, Annihilation is still one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. I, I'm so happy we went to go see that in a theater. Yes. I was just thinking about how the, the last act of that movie on a big screen is is incomparable. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. But, so I'm thinking, okay, we have these friends who really, who really liked Annihilation. The mood of this was giving me, yeah, like similar vibes, and it's kind of a harder sci-fi and it's borderline horror. Like you could maybe even argue this isn't a horror movie. I, plot wise, plot wise, it's not really. It's I guess. I mean, it's it, like, it's kind of like upgrade. It's yeah, plot wise, it's a bit yeah, like an upgrade or even like a Black Mirror kind of. Yeah, it's like just the dark side of tech. Exactly, it's like techno dystopia, which mm-hmm. it, that shares a lot in common with horror. Twilight Zone was one of those that straddled those genres. It's like they, they've gone hand in hand forever. Yeah, so it's. Genres are weird and blurry. Yeah. Invisible and- Man, uh, the original, you know, that's sci-fi and horror, yeah. whatever, dude. It's it is fun though how because horror is so like nebulous, I can kind of just you know squash and squeeze the definition of what horror <laughs> is and just review movies I want to watch for the podcast. But this one I didn't know anything about, so the fact that so many of you recommended it, you know, I'm thinking it's a horror movie, and yeah, it's it's terrifying. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's, it's real. Shit. I mean, the whole movie is bleak. Yeah, it's this got is... this bleak sense to it. 
No um, levity. A loss of humanity know. is like a persistent theme, and that's always something that's heavy. Uh, you know, we just mentioned Upgrade, and I feel like this does have a lot in common with Upgrade as far as it's techno dystopia and it's uh upgrade similarly has these unexpectedly graphic kills in it mm -hmm. you know you're watching it and you're like is this a horror and then it gets to like really graphic kills uh which i know doesn't necessarily make a movie horror but uh it is upgrade is fun Upgrade is fun. It's Upgrade a good is time a at roller the coaster. This, this is not fun. This like you just said, no levity. Yeah, which I've complained about on the podcast before. There's been movies we reviewed where I'm like, I needed something, you know, or it just it just was a little like the tone. I think you of just it. said it with unhinged. You wanted a little bit more, maybe, maybe. time, but not you know like. But a, even that's a fucking carnival ride. Oh yeah, that to that movie is fun as fuck compared it's to this. Campy. This is. Just yeah, exactly. That movie's camp, and I <laughs> yeah, but that one even it's it's not even that I want jokes or stuff to, that's explicitly funny, but. Mm. It's like, yeah, Upgrade does that well, where I would never say that's a funny movie, but it's, yeah, it's got some some light. But this is just, this is heavy the whole time. Yeah. And it, I didn't hate, like, I, I liked it for this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the just overall plot of Possessor, uh, a possessor is someone who takes over another person's body in order to commit an assassination. Yeah. And uh, I, I was reading, it said it takes place in an alternate 2008. So it's I'm not sorry, even- I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's 2008? I, that's what the Wikipedia said. I don't know where that information's coming huh. from, but uh, that's interesting because it does. It seems more like it'd be like 2030, like near future. Yeah, I thought this was kind of a- projection of you know this is close to what the next 10 years are gonna be like which i would totally buy that's what i thought was thinking this whole time i mean he they go to the job with the vr and i don't think that technology well it's an alternate 2008 so who knows whatever uh but yeah we had the idea of like a vr but the way that vr is used feels so new to mm -hmm. me just them cataloging different types of curtains and stuff and image recognition and detection and stuff yeah it's uh i mean i don't know what else to say up top about it other than it i think you should watch it uh, i think it's worth if if you okay i'll say this <laughs> if you can handle a really gory movie really and a gory. movie with a ton of nudity in it like it's oh, one yeah. it's another uh like we said it's a we hate movies style what are you watching if someone comes in at <laughs> well, the wrong there's moment literal porn in here there is like there's like to there's... be fair we watched the the uh bigger longer and uncut version of this <laughs> uh yeah i don't I, I don't know if the if a cut version is available because it seemed to me when i was getting the blu-ray they were all this all... unrated one yeah but the the version we watched has literal porn in it yeah. as in some uh, like some taint and, and oh we're seeing, we're seeing a dude's taint there's a wreck in the penis. runway yeah we're seeing erect dicks and we're that's seeing... the erect penis is in a in a scene separate from the porn that's a, that's a different <laughs> scene where there's flaccid penis there's uh we're seeing spread eagle lady <laughs> oh yeah it's a lot you're seeing the whole human body and, <laughs> which is great i i think like fuck it like it's weird that we have to put this much of a warning for oh no there's penises oh yeah 
I'm just <laughs> giving you a heads up. But yeah, just in case you don't want uh, any uncomfortable moments on accident. There you go. Yeah, just in case, with. you know, your Not that I think you're home. all a bunch of prudes or anything, but uh, yeah. But the gore, be forewarned. Oh, God, intense. the gore. It is some of the most brutal kills I've seen in a long time. Some of them, I was just rereading my notes before we started, and my notes are just, wait, what? Oh, my, oh God. And then James and I are both yelling. <laughs> I wrote it once one point oh yeah our our housemates said they could tell it got us a few times because yeah we were just straight up s- screaming at the vocal TV. reactions of ah oh yeah which is fun love it love yeah. when that happens <laughs> we watch a lot of movies with a lot of gore in them and when something can get us you know it's pretty good mm-hmm. so yeah i'll just say like like father like son we're getting some head trauma be forewarned and it's you know head trauma with now effects yeah and makeup <laughs> yeah it's not like 80s like oh cool the scanners head blew up yeah kind of thing. Which, yeah which is still like it's still fucking awesome viscerally disturbing but this is just another level of it, it feels looks, so much it more realistic real. yeah yeah it's nasty mm-hmm. uh, anyway now we'll just spoil it all i guess yeah go watch it if uh yeah, if, go if this sounds appealing pause this go watch it come yeah, back but i know there's plenty of you that nope that's gonna be too much and fear not we have you uh we have your back and if you've just come back from watching the movie hey that was fucked up right (laughs) (laughs) welcome back yeah so there's a cold open which is a great scene with uh a woman named holly played by gabrielle graham who uh, her her acting really gets you right into oh, the mood. Oh, she was. I actually was disappointed she was only in this opening scene. She's in the Expanse. I I didn't know who she was, but I think yeah, that's me neither. But what she's known for, if you watch the Expanse, but yeah, there's this cold open, which is such a cool. It, it's it's such a it's such a solid way to open this movie because we see. Before her. you have any idea what's going on, yeah, really. that's that is one thing I'll say that I really appreciated about this yeah. movie, and is a the for me the difference between a really good sci-fi and just kind of a middle tier sci-fi is this movie doesn't hold your hand and it doesn't need to. It takes the risk of trusting that you're gonna get what's going on, and it works so well. Yeah, it's like you'll get it. It, it this does not, I don't think, ever really explain what the tech is it never gets bogged down in the finer details of how everything has to work yeah they don't explain like well we're a company of assassins and we do this 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 you just put together those pieces on your own and it's done very well yes i would not say this is a confusing movie even though in during the process of watching it it is very confusing but by the end it's a pretty you know, yeah, I, I would say with just enough to make you like think about. Like, yeah, exactly. Huh, exactly. I have my own that? thoughts about the ending and what it implies, and yeah, so, yeah, very cool. But before you even know what's going on, we're seeing a super close up of this woman <laughs> sticking a electrical plug into her scalp, like close up of it going in, the blood bubbling out. It's very visceral. First vocal reaction from us, like, oh like, god, yeah. and uh, then she looks in the mirror and just goes through like a cycle of emotion from laughing and crying and like this acting has to be perfect for this to work and it is it's mm-hmm. great uh what's the character's in holly holly yeah so we see holly it seems as though she's a, a, an escort of some sort like a bottle service yeah type. she's a uh, I don't know if escorts she, right no she like hostess yeah i don't think she's an escort <laughs> okay but she is tending to a rich and powerful man yes she's and, she's a hostess at a i think a pretty high-end 
bar or restaurant or something. I know? feel as though it's implied that there's more. I think to so. It, I though. think so too. And yeah. I think that that's why what happens ends up happening because we learn that our main character gets briefed on these people's lives and she knows why she's being sent to murder ultimately this, like, the this person lawyer this lawyer who gets murdered so i think i think you're right i think there is maybe something a bit shady mm-hmm. uh because they they all walk in it's all these hostesses kind of clocking in for work at this party and they're all wearing these blue like velour track suits, track suits. Yeah. yeah and but yeah holly grabs a knife off a table like a steak knife and just walks up to this guy and just starts stabbing him and like it is so brutal she stabs him in the chest so many times and like everyone is freaking out and running away and it just doesn't pull away and she stabs him i don't like over a dozen times yeah he's hamburger he's absolute hamburger oh yeah she is mincing that meat it's one of those things where if you have ever like if you're into true crime at all sometimes you'll read about like a murder that was a stabbing and when you kind of actually think about, like, if they say, oh, this person was stabbed 19 times and you actually count how long that would, that's what's going that's on in this scene up. and it's fucked. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really disturbing. Yeah. And I, I love it when we get the occasional movie that does this. I don't need to see it in every movie, but like horror movies are fun and, you know, it, it's fun to watch kills and give them awards and shit. But like, it's also important to remember that in real life, like it's it's not a simple thing that like how you see it in movies same thing with gunshots and i like to occasionally have a reminder of no if someone's stabbing you it is fucked up man yeah like it's not something that you get stabbed and like run away and you're fine you call the cops like this is oh it's 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 so painful to watch but we just have a feeling so this guy maybe deserved it. Maybe is what you is. Well, I don't know what it's telling you. The the main client, like they don't really deserve it, or you know. Oh yeah, the the, the next job. That's, yeah, I mean, so yeah, that's knows? that's the thing. Is it's it's totally and ambiguous. The Holly, who is being used as the kind of host in this. Scenario, oh yeah, she like, presumably. Uh huh. So you it's, never know. Yeah, we're already getting some weird ethical like maybe this creepy lawyer deserved it but at what cost yeah because after holly's done stabbing him she takes a knife out of her or i'm sorry a A gun gun out of her bag and puts it in her mouth and says pull Pull me me out out," in like a distorted voice and and then you see the struggle in her as she uh you can tell she's supposed to be pulling the trigger but she she doesn't and she waits until the cops arrive and then points the gun at them and they it's like suicide by cop. Yeah. And at that point, it's I, I don't know who's in control, whether it's Holly again or I if think it's, we're getting some kind of foreshadowing that something's not quite right here, or that our our main character already has had an experience where she's not totally in control. Yeah, because now is the reveal of this this Holly woman was being controlled by our main character, uh, Tazia Voss. Yes, played we'll call her Voss, I guess. Voss or Taz. Voss or Taz. Voss or Taz, played by Andrea Riseborough. Two wild and crazy guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrea Riseborough, uh, goddess. Oh, by you know, by the way, really, I, just before we we move on, and I mm-hmm. totally forget the opening scene. Someone did tweet at me that they found the the death of the initial character, just the suicide by cop, like particularly upsetting to watch. That oh, she's she a, black is a black woman. woman yes. So I, I, I'm so sorry. I like forgot to mention that up top mm-hmm. as just kind of a hey. So if that 
upsets you and that's you know something that James and I are not um going to be like so viscerally affected by seeing mm-hmm. because that's just not our our experience but like if that's something that particularly makes you uncomfortable or will, like will prevent you from enjoying the rest of the movie I would maybe either skip this one or just just heads up mm-hmm. so I just wanted to say that before anyone watched this and got really sad yeah yeah uh andrea riseborough oh my gosh i am obsessed with her um first of all she's mandy in mandy yes she is like she is mandy that's so (laughs) cool and i while i was recovering from my surgery i finally watched death of stalin which is fucking hilarious by the way it's so good she's in that i didn't recognize her and she's hilarious and she's in this. I didn't recognize her the entire movie. I know. I it wasn't until the credits until I that realized name popped it was up, her. and I was like, "What? She is. She's a chameleon." Which is I'm, bizarre because she has such a distinct look. Yeah, I don't know how. Like she, she, yeah, she has very distinct features and such a distinct face. But it's I don't know how she does it. She just she's so good. And then we looked up images of her at red carpets and stuff. She, and she looks, looks like different an entirely different person. Because like having only really seen her in Mandy and Possessor, where she's this strung out character in both that just seems very stressed and you know put upon. And then to see her like made up on the red carpet is like yeah. And in Death person. of Stalin, she has like this. She has like red curly hair and is kind of a like she's a little bit like. Uh, not neurotic but she's just kind of like on edge that whole movie Mm -hmm. but she's so funny yeah she is uh the possessor the assassin who has taken over holly's body to kill that lawyer and her boss is named girder at this company that hires these people yeah which is uh, just a another layer to this whole theme of uh just yeah techno capitalist dystopia yeah yeah, this this movie has things to say and i appreciate it girder is played by jennifer jason lee in basically the same role as annihilation except more sinister she's more of like a boss well she's kind of the boss boss yeah that's right she's there yeah it's just in annihilation i think she is a mostly good character but one of those characters who like pushes people and doesn't tell them the full story whereas in this she seems more evil i think she's extremely sinister i have so many thoughts about her character and what the ending implies and what's been going on this whole time yes we'll talk about that i just want to say i'm so happy for her uh to be doing these roles i hope she's having a good time because i mean her her big breakout role was as a 20 year old in uh fast times at ridgemont high and i think in the 80s she was just like this kind of sex symbol that's so wild to me because like i know like i know fast times i've seen it at some but like i just have like my recent associations like i just so strongly associate her with these roles she's taken on more recently where she's in a like an authoritative figure and very dry Mm -hmm. and Oh, I, I I think it's great she's in this stuff. I yeah, really hope great. she's found a niche, yeah, that she she enjoys. And God, she's so good in Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Her just uh, the the very last scene with her in it, it I I think about and get chills. It just <laughs> it's so disturbing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, cool cool movie where it's where women getting it done, but it's not really about that. <laughs> like. Yeah, getting what done? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. need. I don't need a movie. If it, if you know, I they don't I, have to be heroic. Yeah, yeah, like this is a cool movie where the yeah the the two leads of it are are women, but it's not really about that, and it's not about how women are 
always great and amazing and can do everything right. It's they're they're sinister. They're human. They're flawed. They lack empathy sometimes. They <laughs> you know like they can, women can be cold and and cruel. And I it's I, I I appreciate movies like this that just clearly these actors are human at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's using their humanity to bring these roles to life as opposed to like we got to make a movie where it's about how girls can also do cool assassin shit yeah but that's you know not to discount that but if that's the only output we're getting where women are allowed to be the leads that's a bit condescending it sucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah she has to go through a debriefing process where she just kind of asserts her own self and i love how uh, yeah, you don't need that spelled out to you as she's going through artifacts and identifying whether or not she recognizes them from her personal life, the the history behind them. And like, you just get like, oh yeah, it would be really disorienting mm-hmm. to assume another person's identity and then come back. It'd be like waking up out of a dream Dude, and not like knowing that. what's it's real. It's like that episode in season one of Rick and Morty where they, he plays that game where it's the yes, life simulator. the best. Oh, what the hell? What, what, where am I? 55 what in the years. Hell? Not bad, Morty. You, you kind of wasted your 30s, though, with that whole bird-watching phase. Where, where's my wife? Morty, you were just playing a game. It's called Roy. Snap out of it. Come on. I, I do like that it doesn't spell out what this procedure is. You get immediately, oh, she's reorienting herself. This is my, oh, this is this belongs to me. This object is my grandfather's pipe. This is also mine. Uh, I killed and mounted it one summer when I was a girl, and... Then I felt guilty about it. I still feel guilty about it. She kind of wants to take a break because of her ex-husband, but like separated perhaps. Yeah, they're still married. Okay, they're they're yeah. still married, yeah. So yeah, her, her separated husband, uh, father of her child, uh, wants her to take a break from work. I don't think he f- knows what she does. I she just think, goes yeah. on these business trips. Mm-hmm. But Jennifer Jason Lee's like, well, we've got a really big job though so can you do that and and Voss is like I'd rather just take a little bit of time Mm -hmm. off they got this big job and Jennifer Jason Lee I think has she mentioned I I eventually want you to replace me at this job that's right yeah I'm I'm grooming you to be my successor uh because it sounds like the company is on the verge of becoming bigger like they're on to bigger things well the next job will give them a huge boost yeah yeah uh but like we said she wants to take a little bit of a break so she goes to visit her family her Mm -hmm. uh her husband and son and it's a great moment when she's standing a little bit like down the block from their house and is just rehearsing lines that are really basic social interactions that are just like Oh, I, I'm starving. I would love some food. Oh, hey, honey. Like, how was your day? Yeah, she has to practice being a normal person. She has to practice being herself. And I love of- I love that you see her later when she's taking that other job and she's spying on the person she's going to inhabit. And she's repeating the things he says and is rehearsing those lines as well. So when you see that scene... It puts in this earlier one in better context where it's like, oh, her being a civilian and herself has at this point become another role that she has to prepare for. Like she can't just be herself with her family. It's another identity because her her own self-identity has been so scrambled by this point that she has to rehearse the lines and assume it just like it were a a, uh, person who she was possessing. Yeah, exactly. Just 
Cause I, yeah, I can't imagine something. Cause even we, cause we have a, a VR helmet and play, you know, it's fun to play with. And, but <laughs> yeah. even the, I remember the first time I, I tried it out and this was the first time I'd ever tried a VR helmet where it really felt real. Like, I think we finally have gotten to the point where you put one on and it truly feels like you're in another room. And I remember taking it off after five minutes in and feeling like kind of re- just like I felt like I truly was in another space yeah it, it's very weird I had those stretches where I would play Subnautica for like six hours straight in that VR oh helmet and when I took it off it was like oh like I felt like I unplugged a thing in the matrix yeah. and was like I'm hungry and sweaty but yeah oh, I'm not in water what? yeah so that she has to kind of <laughs> remind herself constantly like no no no, this is the real one this is the this is my I also feel one. like it maybe had uh, it can be read as a sort of um I don't know. It reminded me of just like anxiety disorders, maybe. Yeah. Uh, preparing yourself for a social interaction that maybe you you don't feel like you're up for, but you have to go through anyway. That it just kind of reminded yeah. me of that kind of feeling. Or just the idea that because I think this movie has things to say about just work culture and just our obsession with work to the point where it takes priority over literally everything else and you work a job for hours and hours on end especially one like she does where there's so much inherent trauma and just you're seeing fucked up shit every day yeah i'm like totally people have to kind of reset their brain and have to remember what it's like to act just normal around your family yeah to not have to not be in work mode yeah Yeah. i'm absolutely starving i am absolutely starving michael michael i'm absolutely i'm absolutely starving they separated because like it's just not working out with the job i don't think there's any animosity at all but at the end of this he wants to for her to move back in he says it's like a dinner date with some friends that she's totally disconnected during and yeah you really feel for her while like her husband's going on this weird bit about like sentient chest hair like i don't know it's just one of those like dinner conversations where people are being goofy where if you're part of the conversation it's fun and light but if you're if you didn't get in on it and you're sitting off to the side like we see her it's like uh these people and this is just all stupid i think so much of this is really intentional because i'm remembering that she when she goes and talks to her kid the kid is like hey i want to hear a joke and she he tells a joke that makes no fucking sense and isn't funny which kids do but it's just particularly (laughs) like oh okay cool and then he goes oh look what i've been working on and he pulls out this nightmare doll i don't know if it's supposed to be a cop or oh, a, yeah it's some kind of uh like a <laughs> yeah. flight attendant i don't know what the but fuck. it's something that he can like co-dances into yeah and shit. so <laughs> he pulls out this and i think it's supposed to be really off-putting it's not cute to look at no, it's, it's this hor- weird it's creepy horrific. little doll that walks around so you've got that you've got this like weird like off-putting not funny joke from her kid and you've got the the um her husband talking with his friends telling the story that like makes no sense to listen to and i think that's on purpose you really feel like you are kind of in her head at that moment that my i my kid i like i cannot relate to anything my kid finds enjoyment in right now because as an audience you're also like what the fuck yeah and these things feel, seem alien they yeah, don't seem normal they're not normal at all and whereas it, maybe if she were living there and saw him building this and was there for that story like they would seem normal yeah yeah she's clearly 
unable to adapt back to normal life. And so when she's having sex with her husband, she sees him with the knife wounds that she saw as Holly when she stabbed that lawyer. Oh, she also saw news about the murder on the mm-hmm. TV. But uh, yeah, since she's unable to cope, she just goes straight back to Jennifer Jason Lee and calls her and is like, I'll, I'll take the job. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I want My the job. My kid built a weird robot. I'm, please let me go back into the VR helmet. Yeah, and I want, you know, that speaking of just like work life balance and also maybe um obviously neither of us have ever served in in military but i feel like you can speak to that kind of thing where mm. i i feel like there are often stories of people who come back and are unable to adjust to the civilian life so they just sign up to do more service because like that's the only thing they know now yeah you know it's just uh yeah alienation so she goes back to work and gets the new job and the new job uh, is to assassinate the president of a data mining company. Called, yeah, called like, Zuthru. Zuthru, yeah, perfect tech name. Yeah. And to kill him and his daughter uh, by possessing the daughter's boyfriend mm-hmm. and then also killing himself, the, the boyfriend. And the job is hired by the guy's stepson, so that with the with the dad and the daughter dead, the stepson will inherit the company. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that we never meet the stepson. Yeah. We, ne- we get a single still picture of him during the mission briefing, but he's never a character. He never shows up to be like, oh, something's going wrong. It doesn't matter. It's like, this makes sense for this kind of person to hire this uh ne- this nefarious company to do this evil act and like we don't need to know anything more about him and especially because we see that him hiring them isn't even the end goal the end goal is really for Jennifer Jason Lee and her their company to assert control over Zuthru by then blackmailing the stepson who will be in charge and be like, oh, now you're in charge of the company, but... Remember when you hired us that one time? We didn't just forget that that happened. Yeah, Yeah. so this is like a big deal for the company. They're going to be using very immoral means to make themselves more powerful. It's scary. It's like behind-the-scenes power-broking. I did almost wish we got a little more of... Because they they plant the, the idea of like... We're going to, like, after this job, we're going to be have, like, we're going to be in good with this data mining company. Like, I just wanted to know more about, like, what that means for them. I mean, I guess it would help make their job easier if they're able to spy on people that closely. Yeah, and j- I just think it's, like, political power. Yeah. I'm sure that company has, has lobbying. But for me, I think it's it's good that we just, we understand why the job is so important for the company and to Jennifer Jason Lee, but... For me, this is a story about Voss, and yeah. so I'd rather we stay home because this movie is so focused. It is and tight. Yeah. It, it's uh, I think it's like an hour and four minutes or something. It, like it's not two hours. Uh, the it, hour and forty. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, an yeah. hour and like forty, something like that. Uh, it, it it feels tight. Yeah, and streamlined, and it's I think it's because it's such a personal story. Yeah, just with this background, bigger stuff that makes you understand the world. Yeah, I. I'm kind of thinking now, too, that another thing that makes sci-fi work for me, and I'm talking hard, hard sci-fi, is when the stories are a bit more focused like this and we get we get a sense of what the world is that they live in. But the big we don't 
it's not necessarily about the big picture implications of the world. Like Moon is a good one. Moon is so focused on the main character and it's not about the horrors of the broad implications of what's going. At least I don't remember it being like, I think it's a bit more personal. Same. Yeah. Same with this. Upgrade. Upgrade. Yeah. It's more about just like how it's, impacting the characters and not necessarily just a really broad exploration of like hey wouldn't this be fucked up yeah so she starts uh spying on colin tate the name of the boyfriend of the uh uh, president's daughter and this guy you know it's a great in because he's had some addiction problems he is not an upper society uh well-suited quote-unquote boyfriend for this tech heiress yeah they pick uh, they kind of pick people who it will make sense afterwards for this person to have snapped and, and killed someone and then killed themselves. And part of that is her possessing him days ahead of time in order to have him seem like he's falling off the wagon and kind of build a lead up into the assassination itself. So like yeah. you said, it'll seem... People saying, yeah, he was acting weird mm-hmm. days before. And that's why going back to that very opening scene, this is why I think there's something sinister specifically about this lawyer because one because Voss has to learn everything about her client and everything about the the person she will possess and then also she has to learn about the person she's murdering and I think she murders him like she does because she must have learned something kind of horrifying about him maybe maybe because yes she was supposed to just shoot him with the yeah. gun provided but, but she chose instead to grab a steak knife and stab and him and she says because it's more she she's like i felt it was more in character yeah and but then the question was whose character right so, exactly mm-hmm. but it's like you know yeah is it something where because again like we see here they're picking a target where it makes sense for them to have snapped so did he do something to this holly sure yeah um where it would make sense for her to stab him to die so who knows i think the implications there are a bit dark yes and we get a reference to her inability to uh pull the trigger uh when she was supposed to leave holly's body because the tech guy who's like doing the the actual work of linking their consciousnesses or whatever and he's like make sure you pull the trigger on your way i love the kind of antagonistic relationship between voss and the guy who's like doing the groundwork the the yeah the tech side the of things, tech guy yeah which again doesn't get fully explained we see that they've kidnapped colin tate the boyfriend uh and we see them installing like the the link that'll allow her to take over his consciousness and so we just have to assume that they also kidnapped holly and that's what they do with these victims they kidnap them install this thing and then next time they wake up it's voss inside of them yeah but we i i didn't need to see the scene of them kidnapping him or like how it it sounds like it was done while he was on a business trip Mm -hmm. that's good enough for me it was while he was away from home he, and so when he comes back, his girlfriend Ava is like, oh, hey, you're uh, you're acting a little weird, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you were just gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, um, we were watching this. I, the like, the tech guy. Who, oh, that's right. I just pointed at the screen. I did like a Leo thing, the Leo meme. And I was like, I know that guy. And I couldn't place where um, he's from Billy Madison. Yes. Like, of course I recognize him right. Not even a big part. Yeah, no, he is the groundskeeper yeah. who in the very beginning uh, is exasperated with Billy and his nudie magazine day. Is that, There's no penguin. No, Mr. Madison, there's no penguin. You got too much sun today. 
the no penguin. Kind of fun that this is a movie that was filmed in Toronto. Uh, Possessor was, and so was Billy Madison also. That's so right. So that guy, I think just Toronto. Maybe, Toronto yeah. Toronto guy, yeah. Yeah, he might be Canadian. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of Canadians in this. <laughs> There's no penguin. There's no penguin. <laughs> and yeah, while while she's getting set up uh, to possess Colin's body, she's mentioned something to that tech and says, keep me in deep. I don't want problems this time. Uh, implying that there have been problems before. And yeah, again, great. Don't need it spelled out. You, you get the sense that, yes, linking to someone else's consciousness is probably going to be a struggle. And if there are issues, that's going to really fuck with your ego and sense of self. And like for yeah. the other person too, it's going to be wild. And the, so now she, she jumps into his body and this sequence is so cool. Yeah, it's, it's just a visual delight. Very melty mm-hmm. and it's it's just neat. I, I can't really even describe, but lots of, it's just, just lots of melting faces and it, it, it's it's like the death of ego you yes. know <laughs> yeah it really is Her self melting away and reconstituting and yeah it's very like waxy and i love it for it's sure so, cool. so we see now she is colin and she's Voss is now essentially being played by let me look up the actor's name yeah because he does such he's a very good christopher, job. Abbott. christopher abbott he's fantastic in this he he was in it comes at night yes he was he's joel edgerton's kid or no, uh, no, nope, I lied. He's, <laughs> I'm mixing it up with something else. He is like the, stranger. the other couple. Mm. Yes, he's the husband and the other couple. I'd be interested in rewatching that. I would love to rewatch that. That was a, I, that was a case of miscalibrated expectations. Yeah, I, think. I was still scared during it, though. Mm-hmm. There's some jumps in that. Got me. Hey, I want to talk to you about our sponsor this week, HelloFresh. So say you're headed over to your uh, separated partner's house for dinner with your weird kid that built a dancing robot um, and you're not sure what to do for dinner, hey, maybe you could make a HelloFresh for everyone. Because <laughs> HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that makes meal prep extremely convenient. As we know, uh, Foz is a very busy lady, so maybe she would enjoy spending less time preparing her food. James and I both use HelloFresh. We love it. It's super duper convenient, especially because we both are just, we're just busy people. Um, So it's pretty nice to just have the meal kit come in. We don't have to even think really about what we want for dinner. Also, HelloFresh is the first global carbon neutral meal kit company. I just learned that today. That's very cool. They use recyclable packaging. It's uh, made almost entirely from recyclable materials or already recycled content, which is pretty neat and actually pretty impressive because there's been a few times just because we've moved to the new place and the you know mail, we're still getting that all figured out. And there's been some confusion like once or twice where our HelloFresh has gotten delivered to a neighbor and it just sits outside and this was back in like when it was warm out and we couldn't find it for a day but it was still when we got it back everything in there was still cool nothing went bad none of the meat in there went bad or anything it was actually pretty impressive so they do a very good job so if you want to try hellofresh you can go to hellofresh.com slash 80 dead meat and use code 80 dead meat to get 80 dollars off including free shipping One more time, that is HelloFresh.com slash 80DeadMeat. And use code 80DeadMeat to get $80 off, including free shipping. HelloFresh. 
now that we're done talking about food, we're going to go right into us describing extremely gory parts of this movie. Yeah, so now she is Colin. I think I said at this point, oh man, she probably does this so often. It's not even fun looking at your new dick if you have one, but no, she no, does. Looks at the dick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we addressed the very human aspects of what this job would be. You're a new body, you're checking your junk. Yeah, like you, know? it, you just are. Uh, <laughs> I think it's funny too that she, we see her in, when she's herself and she cuts an apple like a maniac. She like, she cuts him, she cuts it like a tavern rogue. Like, yes. <laughs> it's not like how Aragorn would eat an apple or she like is holding it and she like just slices the knife into it twice and is able to just like, like cut a perfect slice out of it. Just kind of like hacking away at it. Yeah. And she does that as Colin too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a D and D rogue. Mm-hmm. cutting an apple <laughs> i just couldn't help but think if you are put into someone's body and i'm sure this is part of what she do- does and knows how to knows she knows to expect this and again we don't need this spelled out but i just couldn't help think about <laughs> if you did this you're so i don't think people realize like how in like living in your body your like brain is so specifically in tune with the, you know what amount of force it takes you to let's say open a door or you know like how i imagine that any women who have had children are familiar with this because uh i my understanding is that you put on one of those training pregnancy bellies and you wear those to adjust to that new part of your body oh. that you weren't familiar with before and then you know you be, you become pregnant and yeah it's this recalibration of yeah. your center of gravity just, the yeah like like every, every little, little thing Every step I just, you take. I just couldn't help thinking about how if this ha- you would just be falling over constantly. Well, it's, it's why uh, it's funny that we just did Freaky last week, yeah. where the teenage girl character was un- uh, unable to properly calibrate the force behind Vince Vaughn's body. Yeah, it's great. I just it, yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Just realistically, you would try to open a door and maybe hit yourself in the face just at <laughs> yeah, first. Just, right, exactly. little, just little things. So I. Uh, sh- he, he, it's again. Oh man, yeah, we picked another. I didn't even realize this was going to be kind of a body swap, right? So mm-hmm. it's another one where I'm just going to call her she as our, but um, if it's Colin being Colin. Yeah, yeah, we'll that's important because he's Colin. still in there. Yes. So Voss goes to work as Colin. This is going to be so confusing. I know. Uh, where it is the most bleak Ugh. job ever. He's working. At his girlfriend's dad's company, this like zoo, zoo through, zoo through, right? But he has a basement level position, and it's a data mining company. He is one of these drones who has to go into work, go into what do they call it, like the pit or something? The mine. The mine. Yeah, he goes into the mine, which is just a room with a bunch of people with VR helmets on, mm-hmm. and he puts on the VR helmet, and his job today that we see him at work is to catalog drapes and blinds like curtains and blinds so he just goes through what we are assuming are like webcams and i think this is people's yeah webcams people's cameras and and on phones and computers and is just like cataloging like oh no blinds in this one that those are blinds kind of sheer pleated yeah yeah. and it's to help the ai learn what blinds are although he does get distracted this is our scene of actual like porn there's not like penetration but it's spread eagle and gooch so yeah you see this guy's to the point where we were wondering did they 
pay? Did they film this for the movie, or do you? I feel like they had to have filmed it for the movie, but then again, we were saying that introduces a whole new set of uh, codes and I th- probably paperwork. Because like, no idea. I guess without the penetration, I think if it's this different. is unrated and just like the home release is unrated. I think you can genuinely do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If, if uh, yeah, well, I guess there are movies like uh, what Antichrist has some stuff. Yeah. In yeah, it. yeah. Sure. I think. The thing with movie ratings is that it's just to like it's for distribution specifically, I think, in theaters and stuff. And you don't have to get your movie rated, but like it makes it harder to get. But there are different rules when it comes to pornography. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know where I, I, that line is I don't know. Like I this is an area this is getting into an area where I genuinely don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> But uh oh this whole so this whole sequence where he's in the the mine a mine <laughs> man I'm, I we're we're coming up soon on getting to do our annual Lord of the Rings marathon I'm really excited yeah. uh he he walks in and we see him he's wearing like a blue polo and all the other employees are all waiting in line to clock in they all have blue polos and it it's visually the it's a visual reference to earlier with with Holly is wearing oh, the yeah. blue like. Uh, yeah and all of the other hostesses are wearing the same so it's just like she it's really interesting how the fact that to make these assassinations believable and to make them not suspicious the people that it makes sense for this company to have like snap and just murder someone who's very powerful is an underling yeah because we see in this movie again we know a lot less about holly and i was speculating earlier i don't know what that whole you know storyline implies and but like the fact that this movie really draws your attention to the kind of like this yeah like underling class like i mean pretty bottom tier uh society wise like worker class that they're always going to be the ones who no one's going to be shocked when this person snaps and kills someone who's in charge of them or has power over them. Yeah. And we even get, you know, we we see Colin's day to day. And yeah, that would make you absolutely crazy. But like being because it's not even just VR. It's like he puts on the VR helmet and it's. He has like a VR desk. It's like a fake office. Yeah, it's and like then the, he's uh... doing the work through a computer in the fake office. Yes, and it's like, yeah, no fucking like you would like. And I love that the VR is another layer to the the for, yeah, pseudo Voss. VR that Voss is already doing, inhabiting this guy. So now she's yeah. Colin Tate inside VR. In v- so she's in VR. Like she's in so many layers of vr and it messes right her now. up she has a little episode she, she sees does. this like little artifact this like white almost web looking spinning thing yeah. that she tries to grab but it's not really there she sees it once again later and it's not fully explained but she she sees actually in that opening scene there is some like water i don't know if you noticed it there's it's like a, a great fa- shot of yeah water. and it's yeah. like the water is like um frozen in time it, it's like kind of blobby and weird so i think that's mm. some hints that mentally she's starting to break down a little like time starts to rip apart for her when yeah, she's in just yeah tearing through her yeah realities. yeah I'm, I'm it is cool how much that opening scene you need it you really need it to it makes so much make sense later and mm-hmm. i love it uh 
I feel like a good little opening appetizer. I love it when they're when they're done well. Yeah, it you does know, it really so much for a, for a script if it answers questions that you didn't even know you had. And later it and just you, sets the mood. Yeah, and stuff. later you realize that it makes something make sense. Even to something as simple as freaky, where it's not like laying out any rules, but just like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a gory movie. Just mm-hmm. like establishing tone. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just yeah, thinking yeah. Just fucking scream. I know, you know? scream scream's <laughs> the best. Oh, but this this is a scene where the the fact that Colin's job involves putting on a VR helmet every day. Mm-hmm. And this is a scene where thinking back on it, I'm just wondering what exactly Jennifer Jason Lee's been doing this whole time and like what her plans have been because she we can we know that she wants Voz to just dedicate herself 100% to the company. Yeah, there was a scene earlier when she came back and uh Jennifer Jason Lee is like I I I love your work. I love what you've been doing. You're great, but I still see this like little thread attaching you to this life that I thought you had cut off. Mm-hmm. Aren't you aren't you past that? This this life with your yeah. husband and son, haven't you moved past that? She keeps really pushing the idea that her family is not good for her and that she's only going to realize her true potential and her true self by just giving herself to this company essentially and as, like just as she has as, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and the the VR aspect of Colin's job makes me think part of the reason that she was very insistent on Vaz taking this job yeah it's important but also this one was gonna be the final one that just totally broke her mm-hmm. because clear like they have like they can't I, I feel like there have to be mental side effects of doing VR and VR and, and they're it like we see it <laughs> yeah. fucks her up and like I just have out. to think that that Jennifer Jason Lee knows that a character with this job that Vaz is gonna have to go do and just all these little things that are gonna make her lose it. Yeah, and you see her losing her sense of self because as Colin, she goes and and spies on her husband and kid. She's like watching them from afar yeah. from outside their house and just like looking and I'm like, that's gotta be a big no no for these for these jobs. Yeah. And after the and I think this kind of this kind of goes with my point. I didn't realize this is the exact scenes. This makes me think I I, I do think this is exactly what's going on here. When she puts on the VR and starts, like, her head starts glitching, (laughs) uh, she also sees a very quick image. It's her son with, like, an X, like, cut into his face. Hmm. And at the very end, uh, I will just ruin the end. That's where her, she shoots her son in the face. And it's that exact (laughs) same spot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Oh, good good call. I didn't notice that shot. Yeah. And that's what makes me think that, this is kind of a planted like even that imagery is like so it's almost like a like a little push for her to do that it's like you know target and acts mm-hmm. as a target it's a so I, I almost wonder if it's kind of the, the subliminal just mental imagery to push her to do something later that she would never do otherwise yeah yeah I think that's what that shot is there for yeah yeah uh yes she as colin goes home to uh her girlfriend ava 
where there has like friends over. The friends are really catty, I guess, snide yeah, towards just... Colin. Cause like he's working this shit job that we just watched. And one of them just got promoted at Zoo Through and is not working the VR job. She has like an office job or whatever. Yeah. And they're just really talking down to him. Cause, and we get the sense of the class divide between where he's come from and where his uh, heiress girlfriend and her friends, yeah. the life that li- they lead. Yeah, and just the fact that they all assume that you will eventually leave that kind of job while you're working at a company. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a choice if you don't get promoted. Yeah, like, why are you still working Right, it's like... And and the girlfriend's like, well, my dad likes to torture the people I'm with. (laughs) Yeah, very cool cool. and normal. Uh, (laughs) One of her friends, I guess, has, like, a fuck buddy of his. Yeah, he's cheating on the heiress But she says that the girlfriend doesn't mind. And I believe her. I think that this is just what... Because, like, he comes home, and we've already learned he has a drug problem, an addiction problem. And when he gets home, his girlfriend's like, oh, hey... Here, uh, have some coke. Yeah, come do a line (laughs) with us. So this is, like, this is a hedonistic heiress lifestyle, like, rich heir lifestyle of drugs and kind of just open sex and it's like whatever yeah this was not i don't think he was ever gonna be a serious long term i think he, he's such the the i'm gonna date you because it pisses off my dad exactly <laughs> yeah the bad boy yeah acting out relationship yeah um then there's a sex scene and it's you're so aware the whole time that it's Foz having sex with this heir, the heiress as colin mm-hmm. and just again more weird imagery there's a shot where it's it's Vaz naked but she has an erect dick and it's cool like it just (laughs) there's a lot like it pans down and there's that dick yeah there's a lot going on then I think the next day she's talking to I keep calling I just keep calling her Jennifer it's Gerder yeah she keeps talking she talks to Gerder and I like that whenever she's talking to Gerder they overlap Colin's voice with Vaz's voice so that you know when she's talking She's t- she's talking to like uh, home base essentially. Because Voss's of- body is lying reclined in a a getup that's transmitting her consciousness into Colin's body, and then uh, Gerder's just kind of lounging next to her. Mm-hmm. It's like she- they're at work, yeah. And Gerder's just kind of like on a faint lounge next to her, just like, oh hey, how's your how's yeah, how's it going? How's it going? Yeah, and I, yeah, they layer up um, Voss's voice with Colin whenever she's talking to people back in. Uh, at the assassin company, and we yeah. don't even know assassin what HQ. I don't think we ever get the name of the company. What it's called. Yeah, we do learn that uh, the thing that we saw in that cold open where she stuck the plug in her head—that's like a calibration thing, just to properly yeah. calibrate. And again, it's one of those things where it's not further explained than this is to calibrate things. Yeah, Gerder says, "Hey, I think you should re- recalibrate if you're not, if you know, just to see." Because I think. Foz lies and is like, nope, everything is good. Everything's fine. Even though we just saw her see reality start to rip apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's grabbing like particles of reality out of the air. And <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. Uh, but Gerder says, all right, well, you should just recalibrate because you've been in there a while. And yeah, the recalibration is when she sticks that fucking needle in her head. And that's what the dial is from the beginning. It's you twist it to one end and it's happy. And you twist it to the other end and it's just her crying and it's, it's, so, good. it's so cool. And I like that. Okay. Yeah. That answers what the fuck was happening at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, which is neat. So now it's the party time. Yeah. Where we finally meet the big mean dad, Jonathan. Uh, what's his name? 
Jonathan. It's Sean Bean. John. It's Sean. Bean. It's Sean Bean. Yeah, We're Jonathan just gonna Parsons. call him Sean Bean. It's Sean Bean is the big bad dad, He's and a he is such dad. a dick. He's just this like yeah data mining president asshole he, dad. Yeah, he reminds me of like a Richard Branson almost. Mm-hmm. But like less fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a the party at his very swanky mansion. Um, and uh this is where it's supposed to go down. Yeah, this is where the the final, like this is the end of the of the mission, essentially. Mm-hmm. Sean Bean gives a speech to all of his investors, whoever the fuck is there, and he's he gives some speech about how boredom when you're when you're bored, you end up creating stuff that's cool. It, it's like just such TED Talk horseshit. And he goes <laughs> to boredom, and they all toast to boredom. And I, all I could think of was, there's so many like like tech companies that rely on the illusion of of boredom or like being boring or unexciting to mask <laughs> things that are ultimately I think so sinister. Like the best example is Google's "Don't Be Evil," which, which is they the dropped. most they did drop. <laughs> Google's Google, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's such a turning point when Google's like, oh, we can't have this be our motto anymore. Um, but just stuff like that where it's kind of cutesy, um, like faux, simple, like, mm-hmm. you know, don't be evil, to boredom, to mask what's going on underneath. Yeah. And, yeah. and also your your drones are never bored except for at work, but they don't have the, the luxury of boredom as in free time. Yes, exactly. You know? <laughs> it's... For sure. The fact that the main component of Colin's job is boredom and just the obliviousness of toasting to boredom when it's like you've never experienced crushing boredom yeah. before. Yeah, you've, you've experienced leisurely boredom. You've ex- yeah, you've experienced <laughs> being boredom. idle and yes, I, yeah. the idle rich. That's not that's not true. Just brain draining boredom. Yeah, that's such a good point uh throughout the party we get a real good sense of how cruel sean bean is and he's just humiliating this boyfriend in front of all his rich friends and just really talking him down yeah he's such a fucking dick i do like to and this has been happening kind of like visually the whole movie but i really noticed it in this scene there's mirrors everywhere and Mm. colin's reflection is constantly broken up and fragmented and all these surfaces like the pool in the scene and it's very like just visually really cool yeah and so girder kind of radios into Vaz and says okay here's what we're gonna do you need to make a scene and get thrown out and then come back and later. then come back in so it makes sense that you've come back to shoot him and yeah. he gets thrown out and he yells and i'm i'm gonna get thrown out of a horror convention and just yell this one day <laughs> but it'll be for something not exciting it'll be like taking too many free programs or something but <laughs> he goes you think you could step on me i'm a giant i'm a fucking giant i'm a giant i'm a fucking giant after the party itself's over that's when vaz as colin comes back to kill Sean Bean and his daughter. And yeah, and instead of the gun, once again, grabs fire a poker, fire poker dude. and just beats the shit out of Sean Bean and then stabs him in the face, like through the mouth. Through the mouth. And then is stabbing him and then twists <laughs> it and that- it breaks out the teeth. And you're dude, you're watching this, this all we, in close We're just yelling at the TV. And yeah. then takes the fire poker and pops out one of Sean Beans' eyes with it. Yeah, and you see it all, baby. It's close-ups. It's close-ups, and it's amazingly done. The teeth and the eye. 
holy shit. The shot of the teeth, I think, was what really fucked me That's up. That's the one that's sticking it, with me the it, most. Yeah. It's this, yeah, it's the end of the fire poker being like twisted around. As it's being twisted, it's just like popping out these teeth and there's blood. Oh my God. It is. Oof. It is. It's disgusting. Fucking insane. It's. It's oh god! <laughs> like it, it is impressively done. If if you're able to like stomach gore it and just appreciate it on a level of like this is amazingly done, you'll love this. Not for the faint of heart though. No. It's, it's and then intense. it's really sad when Ava walks in and gets shot because like, as far as we know, she didn't really do anything. No. Wrong. And it's interesting. And she seems so scared. Yeah. It's. It's tough to watch like where she's hiding and it's I think it's interesting that we see him shoot her or see Vaz as Colin shoot her right in the head. It's she tries to shoot her right away and misses. Um, but I think her intent all along was just to give her a quick death. Just shoot her in the head. And because, yeah, she shoots her like in the chest as she's running away. Or, yeah, like, in the I back. think she misses. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like crawling. I don't she never it's never implied that she is going to torture her the same way that she, like, like so that, that to yeah. me also kind of says that when she's in these people's heads whether subconsciously or not she is absorbing some of these people's feelings towards the other target mm-hmm. like to, or towards the target so it makes sense that she's gonna like feel colin's rage and um just absolutely stab the fuck out of sean beam but colin the guy himself i don't think is gonna have a ton of animosity towards the girl that he's seeing mm-hmm. so she gives her a quick death yeah. yeah. Uh, then she goes to kill herself as Colin and once again is unable to do it. And this time Colin is able to exert control over and start to take back control of his own body. Yep. And in uh, Assassin HQ, you see Voss, like her physical body start to kind of like spit up some blood. Yeah. And they're unable to pull her out. And her like, and she starts having these visions of like her face is like, getting all fu- like melty. And there's there's all kinds of crazy the last third of this is uh really frenetic like i don't even know because it's colin trying to assert control over his own body again voss still stuck in his uh psychic plane or whatever and then jennifer jason lee saying no don't pull her out Mm -hmm. leave her let her try to fight to overcome it but you know that that's just part of this like ultimate plan that Jennifer I think Jason that's has. I think that's why this like this is totally what's going on this mm-hmm. whole time, especially yeah, like her just kind of ignoring safety protocols and yeah, like she's supposed to be pulled out of this body after she kills the host, Colin. But now she's in it for way longer than she was ever supposed to be. There's like possible and brain damage. And I feel like damage. that's, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's possible brain damage that is being risked. And the fact that Jennifer Jason Lee is going to risk her best agent tells me like, no, she knows exactly what's going to happen if she stays in there too long. Yeah. So Colin goes to that one friend's place, the one who uh, he's in real life had been having an affair with, and he he starts to explain the actions that he didn't do, and I found that interesting because he he's telling her like, uh, I I did it so we could be together, and like that's Colin talking, it's not Voss. Yeah. Colin is back in control at this point, and I found that interesting, as in like he was able to witness on some level at least 
himself doing these things that he wasn't consciously doing. And then when his consciousness takes back control over his body, as a human being, you're just left to retroactively justify the yeah. thing that you know happened, even if in this case he didn't actually do. I find that really interesting because, uh, I mean, your your brain is just a bunch of electrical signals and you can have false memories implanted mm -hmm. and then make justifications for behaviors of these false memories that never actually happened, but you can try to justify them. Yeah, and I think this, it's like this scene specifically where he's explaining... I, I did this because this, even though he didn't, you know, he was a, a passive spectator. But the fact that he's like, but it was me, I did it. I think go it, it like show or demonstrates that the lines between consciousnesses are really blurred, especially when she's in there longer than she, she's supposed to be, which I think also helps to explain why she does what she does at the end, um, because like I said before, I, I think that she kind of absorbs some of Colin's feelings towards Sean Bean, specifically towards other people in his life. And so then when Colin figures out who Voss is and Colin immediately has animosity towards her, towards Voss's family, because mm -hmm. he figures like, well, who's this fuck that she's married to? This guy must know what she's up to. Mm -hmm. And he's immediately like that anger. And I think that that's going to bleed over into Voss also. Like they're just, they're, sure, they're, yeah. they're entwined for too long. Like, I don't think they can separate their emotions well, from each other. Especially after. So uh, he ends up shooting Rita. Uh, Voss, I think starts to take back control and in that moment, I think it's Voss shooting Rita, the uh, the friend, in yeah. the shower. Even though it doesn't happen on screen, we see later that it happened. But then uh, this guy named Eddie, who is like a work friend, comes over and reveals <laughs> that he's like an uh, undercover agent for the company. So he's trying to help Voss take control I love Eddie. of Colin again. And he like lays down Colin's body and is like trying to do this thing. <laughs> but then you see it's like Voss laying down undergoing this procedure. But then you see Colin. This is so cool. Come out from the back in his own brain and attack Voss inside his brain this and strangle her and then crush her head. Yes, there's a shot of, of Colin crushing her head. And, and it's it, not bloody. No, it's but, more like a mess. That's why it's so creepy. It's, yeah. He like crushes her head and it's not bloody but it's just this imagery of this head just so rapidly like caving in yeah it with a sound so effect that's really good so and then he takes her face and puts it on like a mask yeah and it's ill-fitting you got one side drooping that's what the cover, the cover is. of the movie yeah. is that it's just this horrific looking oh it's so skin awful to face look at. mask and he that's when he really like he literally gets in her head and he that's exactly. when he learns, learns where she lives and stuff. Her family, her map, like he <laughs> so gets what she is doing, kind of, you know, like what she is there to do. Mm -hmm. She, he, I think this is when he fully realizes, like, yeah, someone's controlling me. Exactly. Um, and so when he comes back to controlling his body on the outside, he kills Eddie, this friend. Yeah. Eddie's dead. By the way, Eddie just like, why is he Rob Schneider? Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you compared him to Rob <laughs> he looks Schneider. Like, and I also, for some reason, thought of, because he just shows up and is like, hey, it's me. I'm here to help you out. I just, for some reason, like thought of fucking Clarence showing up and it's a wonderful life. Like, George, <laughs> I'm going to help you. You're going to see what Christmas is like if you're not. It's just like, you know, but then it's, it'd be like if Clarence got murdered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
Colin, now still pretty much in control of his body, goes to Michael's place. Uh, Voss's husband. Yeah. And who's, who's played by a Sutherland, by the way. Yes, I saw the that. Son of Sutherland. Um, and I, I do want to, like, I, the last third of this is so much, like, the imagery is so abstract and it's, it's fucking crazy, honestly. I don't know how much of it we can, like, summarize beat by beat because it would just be us being like, and then there's a shot of, like, maggots, or, you know? Yeah. Just, uh, so this, it might seem like we're flying through this third act, but it's, you know, it's very abstract and there's a lot going on. But yeah, so he goes, uh, he goes to Vaz's place because he takes control over his own body. He goes to, he's, it, he's standing in the same spot practicing. Hi, darling. How, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he goes to the front door. He breaks in and yeah, gets, it gets Michael at gunpoint. And yeah. Is accusing him of being complicit to his wife's actions mm-hmm. and has this really good kind of speech about like, uh, a parasite taking over somebody and at what point are you no longer married to the person but you're married to the parasite yeah it's, yeah it's exactly. a cool little monologue which is kind of yeah it's it's the parasite overtaking the host body which is what you know eventually kind of happens although i would well we'll, we'll talk about the very yeah because he's but. threatening he has the gun to michael and he's threatening voss inside his head he's like i'll shoot him like i'll, I'll do it and, and voss is like do, do it. it yeah and this is where i think it's so important that this movie set up the fact that like that that one scene where colin is like i did this because it was for us where it's like who is doing what, mm-hmm. you know, and who feels they're responsible and whose thoughts are whose, which is why I think Voss saying, Go ahead. Do it. He's on me holding you back. Which is probably internalized J- Jennifer Jason Lee. I think, yeah, I think it's like her basically like internalizing both Colin's hatred towards her husband it's, you know Colin thinking this guy must be complicit they're married he has to know what an evil monster his wife is mm-hmm. and also her internalizing Jennifer Jason Lee's like yeah like desire to for her to let go of her family and I think just that you know she doesn't have her own thoughts about it anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah so she she like basically just says yeah shoot him and Michael fights back and tries to defend himself, but he gets his fingers hacked off with a cleaver. And then again, another just brutal. We're getting uh, fucked up Colin by this meat cleaver. Yeah. Hacking him with a meat cleaver in the chest, probably twenty times or it more. Sucks. It is. It it's goes on so for much. so long. And like Michael, Michael didn't, didn't do, do anything. anything. He's just kind of a, like a like a pretentious professor oh no yeah. he didn't do anything like it's he has bad dinner small talk that's his <laughs> biggest crime his friends liked it you know sure yeah yeah but uh yeah it's again just a case of like turning this torso into minced meat yeah and then then colin gets stabbed in the neck off screen turns and shoots the gun and it was the fucking kid ira the little kid who's probably like what maybe 10 yeah it sounds 10 to 12 maybe sounds right uh and yeah so he shoots this kid in the, in the face. face this dude this kid gets like his head like blown away yeah because then he shoots him a few more times and the last shot like blows up this kid's head yeah and i i don't think it makes it any better when you realize that the because the kid says 
pull me out. Yeah, it was Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee was kid. possessing the kid. I think it makes it worse that this little kid is getting killed. Like it's it's a lot. Man. You know, you don't yeah. see kids get killed a lot, especially but, getting shot with their heads blowing up. Yeah, but that's why I think <sighs> I think she, like. I think I think Gerder knew like this is where it was going to end. And that's why she had the foresight to be in the kid's brain mm-hmm. for that they would have moment. had to abduct him at some point. Yeah. For the link to be established. So I think there's like I wonder how much even of the weird glitchy imagery throughout the movie is not even Foss's own like brain. It's like implanted stuff. I don't know. Yeah. That's getting in, you know, that's like, you know, what's your own theory on this movie? But I really think, and and yeah, at the, you know, the way that we were talking about Colin saying at the end of the day, who are you married to the person or the parasite? And at the end of the day, who is Voss? Is she Voss or is she just all of the ideas that Gerder put into her brain? And yeah. that's it. Like she's yeah. not even Voss anymore. Because the the last scene is after they both come out and she's doing that debriefing and she sees the butterfly and she's like, I, I killed it and mounted it when I was young. And that's it. She doesn't mention the, I felt bad yeah. about it or I feel bad. That's now. the last moment is she does. She doesn't mention anymore that she felt bad about killing the butterfly that one time. Yeah. Yep. Cool. cool fucking movie, man. <laughs> also, I think the butterfly too, because like a butterfly, when you, when you mount it, I think, I don't know if it's, I'd have to look at the the what it actually looks like in the movie, but usually I feel like you stick pins in it, right, mm-hmm. to get it to. So that almost mi- like mirrors for me, like all she does so much stabby. She's stabbing a lot, a stabby you know. Person, it's yeah. I don't know, maybe visually a little bit of a nod to that. It's very pokey, but mm-hmm. it just looks fucking cool too. Yeah, it's great all around. Yeah, recommend if you can stomach it, mm-hmm. but if you can, do like check it out. It's very good. Yeah. That's it for this year on the podcast. I know. You've just got to edit this boy, and then you're fucking home Going on a Christmas break. (laughs) I've got about four or five more days left of intense labor, and then I can I mean, that'll be me. I got to clean this house. Yeah. But, But, uh, yeah, I hope that everyone listening and watching is um, making smart decisions. Yeah, yeah. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Let's get there in one piece. One, you know, one shitty Christmas until, you know, hopefully please, this is please, all over. you know, be careful. I've had uh, people in my life very close yeah. recently test positive and uh, it's, sucks. It, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It sucks for them more than it sucks for me, but it still sucks for me to, it sucks to worry about every to day. To worry it's, about it, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. So just, you know, it, like just hang in there. I know like how hard this time of year is and I, I get it. And it's, I get that we are in a very privileged position oh, yeah. of like we live with some friends in a house yeah. and are like just fucking deal with it but i'm just now, but. you know like i'm someone who i'm extremely affected by the seasons like the less daylight has been fucking up my shit royally this year yeah. um so like winter general is tough um and on you know this on top of everything else it's gonna be a lonely holiday season for a lot of you and i just at the end of the day so much of how we're all feeling right now like seasonal depression wise it's just it your brain is just mad because there's not daylight mm-hmm. you know so like i promise like at the very least like 
after December 21st, every single day, there's going to be more sun. And that's something to look forward to. Sure, yeah. So just hang in there. We love you. I um, think uh, I'll try to do a couple of live streams during the break. I think that like would be, yeah. And you can tune in. We- I would pop into some live streams. I know live streams for a lot of people are very important. Um, Like right now, it's... You, you, you feel a bit grounded and you, you can interact with people and, you know, just like human contact in any way and right now like and that, i still want to do the safe way right now is the charity live stream with duck game that you can yes uh operate yeah so, so we'll let's <laughs> we'll we'll do some live streams and you can you can you know check in with us and hopefully there will, and there will be kill counts for you to watch yeah, too <laughs> hopefully it helps uh this this stretch of the year going mm-hmm. into january and stuff feel a little bit less lonely because yeah it's tough out there, <laughs> yep. but we appreciate you. Thank you for making this another amazing year. Yeah, Next year is going to be even cooler, especially once we can actually interview people in person. We'll be able to do that. <laughs> I've got, uh, I'm just planning to switch it up a lot on the channel because it's been. I think uh, I, I want to actually, I, I, I always keep saying I'm going to do it, but I want to just do a damn kill count this year. Like I'm Everyone gonna... wants you to, man. Because well, I have to write one. And I, I never want to sit and write one. Trust me. It's not fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'm going to like this year, I'm going to like, I'm going to do it. American Psycho? Yeah, it would be American Psycho. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Making uh, it happen. All right. You've heard it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, next year we won't be moving into a house. So no, we'll just be getting married. Shut shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fine. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow social media. You can follow just social media. Just social at media. At Demi James on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Carebeck, C-R-E-C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, store.com. Yep. Uh, deadmeatpod at gmail.com is the email address for this show. And until next year, uh, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. <laughs> and this has been the Dead Meat Podcast. Bye.